You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Wash my hands. Oh, larger. All right, for this episode, we'll be talking about Black Sabbath Paranoid. In the room, I have Rob, Ben, and Charlie. Paranoid is the second studio album by the English rock band Black Sabbath, released on the 18th of September, 1970. The producer was Roger Bain, and the genre is heavy metal. And from All Music Review, Steve Huey, Paranoid was not only Black Sabbath's most popular record, it also stands as one of the greatest and most influential heavy metal albums of all time. Paranoid refined Black Sabbath's signature sound, crushingly loud, minor key dirges loosely based on the heavy blues rock, and applied it to the newly consistent set of songs with utterly memorable riffs, most of which now rank as all-time metal classics. Where the extended multi-section song on the debut sometimes felt like aimless jams, their counterparts on Paranoid have been given focus and direction, lending an epic drama to now standards like War Pigs and Iron Man. The subject matter is unrelenting, obsessively dark, covering both supernatural sci-fi horrors and the real traumas of death, war, nuclear annihilation, mental illness, drug hallucinations, and narcotic abuse. Yet Sabbath makes it totally convincing, thanks to the crawling, muddled bleakness and bad trip depression evoked so frightfully well by their music. Even the qualities that made critics deplore the album and the group for years increase the overall effect. The technical simplicity of Ozzy Osbourne's vocals and Tony Iommi's lead guitar vocabulary, the spots when the lyrics sink into the melodrama or awkwardness, 
the lack of su subtlety and the infrequent dynamic contrast. Everything adds up to more than the sum of its parts, and though the anxieties behind the music simply demanded that the band achieve catharsis by steamrolling everything in its path, including its own limitations, monolithic and powerful paranoid defined the sound and style of heavy metal more than any other record in rock history. All right, what do we think of Black Sabbath? Paranoid. That was, that was a good write-up. Yeah. That's a good one. I, do you think Steve Huey, Rob, is saying boo? I, I don't believe him. What do you think, boo. Rob? Leave me what I think. This is like... <laughs> <laughs> you had me going there for a minute. No, I, I, I listened to it a few times. It had been a while. I, it, honestly, it had been years since I'd listened to it like backwards and forwards. Um, and the only complaint I have is... Tony Iommi can't solo for shit, and a lot of times he's just rehashing solos he already did earlier, and it doesn't make any of the songs bad in any way, shape, or form, but, like, you can tell the limitations that were happening at that point in time, but, yeah, it's it's a just banger after banger after banger after banger after banger, like, as far as, like, uh, track listings concerned. Like, it's, it's definitely the, probably the greatest metal album ever made. In regards to importance. If Tony Iommi was, like, uh, like a character that you were rolling up, like, his guitar player, <laughs> like, he may be lacking in soloage, but he is way powerful in riffage. Like, sure, I'll tell Tony, Tony Iommi, he, he, like, he'll just show up, he'll just, like, show up and put on the guitar and, and start playing, and it's classic riffs that you will remember for the rest of your life. And I don't mind that he's like I, I don't want like, I almost don't want someone noodling all over these songs. I like that they're just riffy and kind of sludgy. And I agree, I agree to a certain point, but like he is hitting note for note the same things that are happening. I think right now on War Pigs that he will do on Planet Caravan in one song. He plays like, to his strengths. Yeah, but like it's it's the same shit, like same noodles. It's it's very very obvious going back with some fresh ears that. But no, like it, it, it I, I don't mean to harp on that specifically, but that was the only fault I found was that Tony Iommi's like he wasn't quite there with the with the solos. That's, that's been I think that's been explored, and yeah, that's that's pretty much the only thing that you can kind of. Uh, I guess some people would say Ozzy's vocals they don't they don't find his vocals appealing, but I don't care what they find appealing. I'm I'm yeah. totally <laughs> on board for all of this. This is yeah. yeah. Uh, masterpiece. Like, it, like I was trying to find a fault, and I guess the drum solo in Rat Salad could be shorter. Yeah, you know, that's <laughs> there. Let's go on. I know but how you feel being, about drums. I, yeah, I don't like drum solos. I love drum fills. Yeah. That being said, Bill Ward, the drummer for Black Sabbath, is playing sick drum fills all over this album. Like he is just shining, and the drum solo that they give him in, in Rat Salad, you know, it's not the whole song. It's an instrumental track. It's not a long track. And it's got a... The whole thing kind of features the drums. There's like kind of like Moby Dick style where they'll play a riff and then he'll play a lick. And then there's a drum solo. And it's not so long that I want to skip the track. And I have a low tolerance for drum solos. But I do. I, do. I wish it was about half as long. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to jump in real fast because we're listening to the remastered version. Yep. And one of the things that stuck out to me the most when I listened to this album again was this song, Paranoid, and the fucking bass track. Yeah. Where the bass track, it just doesn't stop. It just keeps kicking the whole time, but then also kind of finds ways to carve its own path throughout the song. 
I could not stop listening to this bass track over and over and over once I released this remastered version. It, it, to that, me, it's just one of the heaviest things I've heard. Like, that, that bass track, it just thumps. That's strange mm. that coming directly after their first record, where Geezer Butler was on record saying, like, I couldn't play bass for shit, so I was just following what Tony was doing, and that's what made <laughs> things sound heavy. Like it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. I think he's a little... He's like, yeah. I, he likes to tell a story. Yeah, yeah, I think he's... <laughs> but the other thing, like, when you just I'm follow the bass track, it. ignore everything else for a second, like, he's, he's kind of going all over the place. Like, he's yeah. doing some really oh, yeah. neat stuff in this song. Oh, he's good. And whenever people think of this song, they think of those, like, those first few notes. Like, the Tony Omi notes. Like, the, you know, how it starts off. Right. They should think of the bass. Yeah. It's basically the coolest part of this song, especially after listening to this remastered version. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think so, it's too. It's just, yeah, it's just nuts. I think, ba- I mean, the same thing with Zeppelin, too. The sort of, like, bass. I mean, it's the great combination of drums bass in this like high-pitched vocal delivery that just kind of make these albums mm-hmm. it's funny yeah. you should bring up zeppelin i love the song paranoid do you think that the core riff of paranoid is derivative of communication breakdown they thought it was way too much that they thought they were going to get uh in you know like they, they, <laughs> they basically or yeah they thought that there was like no way we can pull this off this this is this is a complete ripoff of that. If anyone knows the limits of how much you can sound like another artist, though, it's Zeppelin. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Zeppelin is on record saying they fucking hate this band. Oh, this band? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Cannot. Yeah. Uh, like, I think they're from the same town. Like, and uh, I think, well, Sabbath, I think, is from like Birmingham. Birmingham. Okay. Yeah, well, I think that's Led Zeppelin too, right? Oh, really? I thought so. As far as the island is they're concerned, so fancy, it's all the same. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. But I was trying to actually, kind of like with Rob, I was trying to find faults, like in this album, and it was it was a real stretch, like to try to sit there and find faults. Close thing I come up with is like some of the songs, not this one, uh, not Planet Caravan, but like. You want to know a funny story about Planet Caravan? I saw Pantera do this in '94, <laughs> baby. I was gonna bring up Pantera. I do think the Pantera cool. cover of this song is solid. In my yeah. opinion. They don't really do much with it, but it's solid. I was 14 years old. I did not fit into that shirt that I fit into now, <laughs> but yeah, that uh, there, there's a couple songs here and there where like the parts feel a little disjointed, where it just kind of feels like we're gonna do this part, then we're gonna do this part, we're gonna do this part. That's not really much of a criticism, as much as it is to say the album as a whole. Even going back to the solos, like it, it kind of just like there's a theme and kind of a flow to it, and the solos as uninnovative as they are sometimes they kind of like fit that a little bit it's, it's, not it's the, there's almost callbacks like, like within the album i don't mind neil young solo yeah. i know a neil young solo when i hear it it's fine and it works <laughs> it's neil young you can tell specifically on this iomi stuff he's repeating himself which he doesn't have figures man i and, and you know maybe 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 i'm the asshole because he's a, he's a, on a man without fingers. Let's also remember that the time span between Black Sabbath and Paranoid is four months. Oh, Jesus Christ. And, and during that four months, they were on tour promoting <laughs> the album Black Sabbath. So did anyone look up to see how long it took them to record this particular record? They was it 12 hours? They squeezed it in after lunch and then drove to, to, <laughs> drove to Wolverhampton. <laughs>
be interested to know what what you guys thought, like re-listening to Iron Man as I, a song. That's I've never like been. Cu- I've never been. Kind of cheesy. Yeah, I've never been into it totally. I did realize that I had never actually like looked up what it's about, which is actually really awesome. Yeah. But I had had never really. I don't know if it had just been played out by the time I. Well, that's what I was, was into music that I was kind of like, eh, whatever. It's like Iron Man and Smoke on the Water. Just kind of yeah, it's kind of like one of those things where it's just like this is very cool. It's heavy, but at the same time, it just it it feels like it's been. That being said, though, when I went back and re-listened the the sort of like cool stuff it goes into that I'd forgotten about the solos. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they might have been as flashy, but it has a very cool tone. Like, the direction it takes that I always kind of forget about. You always remember the heavy riff uh, within there, but later in the song, like three quarters of the way through, it does this really cool, uh, especially, again, like you're saying, the remastered, they did a great job, like, bringing this sort of awesome tone out of, uh, of his guitar. And actually, Ozzy's vocals, too, are, are a lot cooler. Um, not this album, but We Sold Our Soul for Rock and Roll was, like, the second CD I ever purchased. It was, like, this and... Sabbath's Chronicle. Yeah. It was, like, this and Jimi Hendrix, I think, Are You Experience, and yeah. then Nirvana, Nevermind, shortly after. But I remember getting that We Sold Our Soul and being, like, this is it. This is rock and roll. Were your folks okay with you getting and a CD called We Sold Our Soul for Rock and Roll? I don't know if they knew. My, my my parents wouldn't have liked a CD called that without, yeah. when I was a kid. I I probably just snuck it in. <laughs> I don't know why I, I you know gravitated towards it, but I was like, I probably heard something on the radio and I was like, yeah, this is awesome. So apparently, the "I Am Iron Man" at the beginning of Iron Man is Ozzy singing through a large metal fan, which I'm thinking now, how do you record that without just recording the fan, right? You go from not the side that the air is blowing, but from the side that the air is sucking from. So you're getting the voice before it's chopped, though. No, you're singing through. It's still I feel like there chopped. would still it's be going... air like flow over the microphone in some capacity. But like, That's I, interesting. And, like, and a fan has fans are not quiet. They have motors. Right. Especially in 1970. That's interesting. Yeah. It I, could just be geezer blowing smoke. Yeah. It also he'll could, do that. It could be from the it could be from the back though on the side like away from the fan and isolated. Yeah. I mean they can do a lot of cool stuff with. Recording. Apparently, I, I didn't realize uh, Geezer wrote a lot of the lyrics for these songs. Hmm. Like yeah. he would write them almost like as poems, and then Ozzy would interpret like how like how the melody would go and how the the delivery would be. But I think it's just a lot of like Geezer getting high and like writing weird shit. Yeah. I also heard it was the other way around, where Ozzy would sing uh, sort of, like, free verses, where he would just kind of come up with, like, lyrics, or Mm -hmm. this sort of, um... Just scatting. Just scatting. Just Sarah Vaughn (laughs) scatting. And then he would, uh, Geezer would kind of take that and interpret and say, oh, okay, well, that needs to, this phrasing needs to be here and here. Interesting. So, I'm I'm sure it's a collaboration of, of a little bit of... Both elements. Well, I remember, like, re- I was trying to read a little bit about some of the the more the context of some of the lyrics behind a lot of these songs. I remember oh, coming across that. That's what I was gonna say. Geezer Butler had written quite a bit of it because I, I kept being confused. Is like, 
why are why are they getting like his take on these lyrics? And then finally, I just kept reading like, oh, he wrote it. Like he wrote all of it, and, and he tells a good story. We yeah. now know. Yeah. So the <laughs> lyrics are full of shit. I, I was going to bring up about Iron Man is we were talking about oh, it's a very good song. Actually, we're listening to it right now, and it's so it's actually so it's good. Pretty good. It's just that that first riff where it's just been played so many times it's I a think. very it's basic a, riff every it's marvel a, movie every for the past <laughs> 20 years but the lyrics are about a man who gets transported to the future when he gets transported back he sees like like he the, sees the world like a, in. yeah he sees the end times of the destruction of the world he gets transported back Somehow he's he becomes iron and cannot speak to people. He's turned to steel in the great magnetic fields. That's right. So it's really Steel Man. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me this is about that Shaq movie Steel? This is this is about it's the it's, it's about the cartoon the Iron Man. Uh so he tries to tell everybody that the world is ending and everyone is nobody listens. And they ignore him, and so he goes on a rampage, and he causes the end of the world that he had Whoa. seen. I thought it was cool. It's really cool. That's fun. Uh, I, I will say I was I was I was looking this album up a little bit because it's like it, come, it came out in 1970, which is such a, like a pivotal time. Second was it the second year of Nixon? Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. And I was I was trying to like look for some of the depth there because it's such a wild time, and hearing them talk about it, it was like a little like disappointing in a sense. Like they're describing war pigs as like their big war song, and Geezer Butler was talking about it in this interview I was reading. He's like, "Yeah, it's just about war. It's just terrible." And I remember the interviewer was like, "Okay, like what about it?" He's like, "It's just." It's just a mess. Well, you know, what do you want from Geezer? What's <laughs> you know, well, kind of like I, I kind of like to. Like, He's not a political analyst. You're there. Go go, go a little deeper the, in, into that. But they were kind of young too at the time. Oh yeah, very young and real high. You know, and which, which makes a lot of sense. So you know, displaced from the American involvement in the Vietnam War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, Hand, probably Hand still... of Doom is all yeah. about yeah having to use like getting hooked and ha- using drugs while you're in Vietnam because you can't face. Uh, the atrocities of war. No, were they in Vietnam? What's that? No, they were in Black so. Sabbath. No, they were. Yeah, in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they said. Also, they said they were like a hippie band. Yeah. Which everyone thought they were like this outsider, you know, uh, like heavy band and like Satanists and all this stuff. And they were like, we were kind of just hippies uh, that just like this kind of music. This. Just playing read heavy music. Just from... kind of like this kind of music that we we're making up right, that right now. That we were inventing. <laughs> yeah. I read a quote from Ozzy. So like, uh, like Birmingham is uh, it's an it's an industrial town. Like I uh, think like you know like British Gary, and it like it's just like cold gray industry steel, and that's where they're growing up. And uh, and I read this quote from Ozzy. He's like. So, like, the biggest song that comes from America is if you're going to San Francisco, wear some flowers in your hair. And he's, like, so far displaced from that. Like, he's, like, him and his, like, five siblings and parents are sharing, like, a two-bedroom place, like, in the middle of, like, shit Birmingham. And he's just like, like, where the fuck even is San Francisco? Like, this doesn't, this is not speaking to me. This means nothing to me. And then Black Sabbath, you know? I like that. (laughs) So we haven't really talked about Ozzy much. 
Yeah, was it this, this album? Is this the point in time where he was dropping acid every day for over a year? <laughs> I don't know. This song makes it. We're, I don't we're, think we're, he's we're quite, a, he's quite there yet. We're on Electric Wizard right electric now, funeral. which to me, electric or funeral. Electric Funeral. Yeah. <laughs> we, which is like I, I don't think we'll ever get to Electric yeah. Wizard. They, they, won't, they won't make the book. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> but this song is awesome. Yeah, like this is this is. If I had to pick like a favorite song from this album, this might be it. one of the greatest second albums yes oh absolutely yeah. of all yes. time yeah um i i, I can't even it, it, it's breaking me it's it, it's breaking me my hatred of the sophomore record coming out the same year as the uh the original yeah, because normally it's you. a shit ton of b-sides or shit that should have been scrapped but this is like an entirely like thought out record that makes it, which actually builds upon and makes better the original stuff. Yeah, it's it's it it, 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 it yeah. That first what one, a fucking anomaly that is. As much as we all loved uh, a self-titled Black Sabbath, we all agreed it was front-loaded. This is not front-loaded. No, this is just no. This is this is <laughs> this is loaded full through and through. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I did look up uh, a couple lists of second. Uh, or uh, greatest second albums, and Black Sabbath was named thirteenth on the list. Above it, though, uh, Axis Bold is Love, which oh I get fucked. Uh, that, no. that is that is bullshit. Uh, to make the list, it should be Wrong. better than the debut. Uh yes, or equal. I mean, or equal. Uh, yeah, oh, well, Axis Bold is Love. Be, not... Better is subjective, but yeah. it should at least be on uh, the same. And then the, also, Led Zeppelin too was on the list. So yeah. Rob's not going to agree with those. The top, uh, the top uh, four though. We've actually done some of these albums, including Free Will and Bob Dylan, which I understand because Bob Dylan's first album is not good. No, Free Will and Bob Dylan's better. Yes, uh, and the Beatles' uh, first the... album is. Is not good. It's just not good. And with the Beatles is much better. Also, the band, the band, the band, the band was number four on the yeah, list. That makes sense. Yeah. Number three, Carol King, Tapestry. She had a first album. Yeah. It wasn't Tapestry. Right. All right. Fair enough. So it makes perfect sense. Van Morrison, who we also covered, was number two with Astral Weeks. Yeah. His first album was like not good. No. Except no. for Brown Eyed he Girl. Hadn't, he hadn't found his sound yet. Uh, and then the first one was Nirvana. Never mind. Hmm. Which oh. makes sense. Oh. Yeah, it's better yeah. than Bleach. If you're going from Bleach. And it's a strong sophomore attempt. I would still... Uh, I would... You can't... Uh, uh. Okay, you, I'm, I'm gonna... It's add, not taking away from I the know. first album. It's just saying... No, no, I, I'm adding a caveat to boom. this. I would say it's not first record. It's first major label and then sophomore. Those ah, are the things. Okay, okay. Because... I see what you're saying. 
you know, otherwise you're putting Kerplunk up with Dookie. <laughs> I know, bad. bad. <laughs> 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 Why is that the first thing that popped in my head? But no, like, uh, uh, specifically on, uh, like, major label releases, it's the sophomore slump. It's because anything you did before that... You haven't quite like gotten to the apex where the labels actually want to pick you up. Well, you so. could also you could argue like regardless of label size, you have your entire life to write your first album, and you have like ten months to write your second album, or four according to this. Oh, or, or yes, <laughs> or just do it in four, or just do it in four. Yeah, fuck it, we'll do it in four. <laughs> All right, what do you think about it? Oh, yeah, that, I, I do own, we even need to go around? The I've room? owned this no. record twice. <laughs> Uh, I now have a third copy, yeah. and yeah, I, I will continue buying this. It's a great record, and everyone should listen to it. Yeah, total positive. Yeah, Be- belongs in the book. Even if the book were a hundred albums, this would oh, probably yeah. be in sure. in here. This yeah. is a, a pivotal like. <laughs> this is like the album when you're talking about the start of hard heavy rock, heavy metal. Right? It's me importante. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll get to another one, and we'll say, well. This one's also up there, but this is, I mean, this is it. This yeah. is, this is metal. I mean, we have uh, arguably also Black Sabbath self-titled, also metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. this it's just it's a I think a a better, more refined iteration of their metal sound. They invented metal. Uh, the, the remastered and Stoner Rock yeah. and Goth. 2012 and Gloom and Doom Metal. So. It's hard to overstate. Like the it sounds just phenomenal. Yes. Across the board, like every single aspect of it just sounds so good. So it's almost worth thinking about, like, if you're recommending an album, like, you just go all out and, like, get this remastered version. Yeah. I would say the original, because, like, that matters. 2016 is when the remastered came out. Wow. So if you have not listened to it in the past couple of years, then, yeah, go out and, I had and not. check it out. Yeah. I yeah, had not. I had neither. It's, it's a delight. I had, but with headphones, it makes a world of difference. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, don't get earbuds. Get some big can <laughs> over-the-ear headphones yeah. and crank it. All right, one question before we uh, wrap it up. Who, after Ozzy left in 1978, who was uh, audition to replace him? Dio. 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 No, before Dio. Oh. oh. Um, is it... Neil Is it Young, Richard Carpenter. It's Michael Bolton. Oh! <laughs> I would, I would listen to that album. I would absolutely listen to that record. Man, what a different trajectory Michael Bolton's music career could have taken. That's Had amazing. he landed that audition, he, you can't go back from Black Sabbath. You can't go from Black Sabbath to like mom music. No, no, absolutely. Not. <laughs> All right, next time we'll be talking about Neil Young after the gold rush. All right, thanks, y'all.
love